Counselor podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Joshua Tyler, representative from Bard College in New York. Bard is a private college in upstate New York, founded in 1860 with an undergraduate enrollment of just under 2,000. Like CVU, Bard prides itself on its ability to personalize pathways and education for students, allowing them to often define and choose their own majors. Today on the podcast, Josh talks to us about how Bard organizes this unique programming for its students. He talks about his own personal path to college, which is a bit unique and I think will resonate with some of our students and families. And he talks about how Bard helps students, not only through Bard College, but beyond. I just want to thank Josh for spending time with us today and hope you all enjoy my conversation with him, learn a little bit, and perhaps find that Bard is a college you had not initially had on your radar screen, but now might be because of what it has to offer its students. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Sounds excellent. So yeah, I'm Josh Tyler. I am the Director of Transfer Admission and one of the Associate Directors of Admission here at Bard College. I um, am a former Bard student myself, uh, graduated with degrees in history um, and uh, history education and music. And I've been back here at Bard for eight years now in, in, uh, in the admission office. So thanks for joining us today. I have a list of questions that we're going to mostly pull from, but right away I'm going on a bit of a bird walk because you said you were a double major. How easy is it to be a double major at Bard and still graduate in a reasonable amount of time? Yeah, no, great question. It's certainly possible. Um, it isn't always easy, and then sometimes it is. It really depends on on um, a number of factors, but definitely, you know, Bard is a place of a bit of structure but a lot of freedom within the structure. So we definitely have um, possibilities for double major. We have possibilities for joint major, which would be combining, combining two areas into a, one senior project, because uh, everyone at Bard does complete a senior project of their own design, uh, and that's re a requirement of every student in their major. So uh, that can be a way to do two things um, and do it um, in a, in a in a combination where you wouldn't be devoting, you know, two of your class periods in your senior year to a senior project, though uh, the senior project does take up a class. So it does mean that you'll be doing one less class. So that makes it more possible. Um, oftentimes, uh, double majors happen by accident at Bard because Bard is a place where we're a liberal arts and sciences school where you can study lots of different things and people usually come with many different interests. Uh, they may decide uh, typically in their second semester of their second year that they want to say be a, a music major, but then realize that they have enough credits in history or physics or whatever it may be. And all they would need to do is go through our moderation process, which is the process of declaring a major uh, in order to be an official major, and then they can leave with two uh, degrees. Uh, other students may be very intentional about it. Uh, they may come in knowing that they want a double major and they take classes in both areas and um, are, are able to do that. So that's certainly uh, that path where it's kind of pre-prescribed uh, and you kind of know that that's your, your pathway, it's certainly possible. Uh, the only time it would get difficult is if you discovered something later 
in the process and you just didn't have enough time at the college to, to do that. We also have a conservatory of music uh, for classical musicians, composers, instrumentalists, and vocalists that is a mandatory double degree program that happens within five years, uh, which makes that process even easier. So if there are any students that are in, that may be interested in that program, uh, a double degree would certainly be part of that. So I know, I know this may not totally apply to Bard because I know there's a, a great deal of flexibility with uh, students being able to kind of choose majors, define majors, that kind of thing. Um, but what would you say is your most popular major or majors? That's that's a great question. And and your your inclination is right that it's hard to pinpoint the most popular major because it does shift from year to year as student interest shifts. Uh, but we definitely, uh, there's a really great balance amongst the divisions. Uh, music is certainly very popular, biology, psychology. Uh, we have a wonderful written arts program, so we have a lot of uh, writers on campus. Uh, but we have more social science majors than any other major at the college. So there, there is a, a nice balance. Uh, photography and film is also um, very popular as well as psychology, if I didn't mention that already. Yeah, and uh, and just for clarification uh, to the audience, I'm trying to ask all of our reps in this series generally the same questions because I think it's the responses are interesting. The ability to personalize at one school um, and maybe less ability at another school is all important information as you consider schools that you're going to go look at or schools that you might decide to attend. Um, so I'm, we're kind of dancing around it a little bit, but I, I like it if you could go into a little bit more depth around what is unique about your school's programming and structure. How how does how does Bard operate? How does a student coming out of high school kind of find their way through Bard? We've talked about the ability to kind of personalize majors, but how does that all how does that all work? And it is, yeah, a, it, is, it is a question in here, so it's it sure. does fit. <laughs> no, ab absolutely. So yeah, BART is an interesting place because there's quite a bit of traditional structure, but a lot of freedom within that structure yep. as well. Um, you know, BART students have very individualized experiences because they have um, varied interests. Uh, we get a lot of different types of students. Um, who can explore those interests in, in their own way, but we do have requirements. Uh, so every student will have what are called distribution requirements. They're similar to gen ed requirements. And it basically just ensures that every student that comes to Barb will have a full liberal arts experience. So they take at least okay. one course in every um, subject area, but they choose what those courses are. And there are a lot of interdisciplinary courses. Um, there is a physics class in acoustics. There's one in shadow and light. Uh, there's a math and music. There's a political statistics course. You know, so there are a lot of different ways to bring in uh, something that you may be more interested in and kind of see uh, connections that perhaps one didn't see previously. So 
Um, there's certainly kind of ownership over what that experience looks like. Uh, and then there are a number of things that's, that all BARD students will have in common. Uh, we, um, when students are here on the tour, we call them the five pillars of the BARD educational experience. Uh, three of them happen within our first year program, and then the other two happen later, um, some of which we've already actually mentioned. Um, but the first year program consists of a unique orientation process called language and thinking that lasts three weeks. Uh, it's a time for students to get to know each other. There are a lot of social uh, activities happening. The, the students have the campus entirely to themselves. Uh, we have a 1,000 acre campus so they can explore it, uh, find, find the um, the uh, swimming hole and all of those things, uh, as August as it is in Vermont, it's quite warm. Uh, but they're also in this pass-fail workshop that really focuses on uh, discussion-based, student-driven class. It is interdisciplinary by nature, uh, focus on writing um, and dialogue, and really finding your voice. But in a low-stakes environment that is pass-fail, gets everybody on the same page. Uh, some students are coming from more traditional lecture environments. Some are coming from more interactive environments. Uh, and this morphs into our first year seminar course, which is the only course at Bard that students don't choose from the, for, the, for themselves. It uh, really mirrors a great books style course, um, but a very yep. diversified um, curriculum. Uh, students will also that course can be taught by any faculty member. So you can get it from, you know, an anthropology perspective, from a chemistry perspective, an arts perspective. Uh, students can actually choose their second um, semester of first year seminar and kind of focus it to tailor to their interests a bit more. Uh, but it does give everybody a baseline knowledge. They're also paired with a um, what we call a writing fellow who's an upperclassman student who can um, just be a sounding board for the papers that you're writing, give advice, really whatever you need them for, um, and really helps with the preparation of um, what you, to expect for the next three years. Uh, we also have another pass-fail workshop called Citizen Science, which brings the hard sciences to the forefront. Um, we, um, you know, just kind of rounding out the liberal arts experience there too within the first year, but also kind of showing the importance of, of having some sort of comfort with scientific issues and scientific literature, um, just in how important that is in, in society. But also understanding that we are a liberal arts institution with a lot of uh, students with different interests. So we give students five different pathways in which they can complete that program. So there is one that's more educationally based, uh, working with local school students. There's one that's more writing based. There's one that's more community action based. Uh, and then there's one that's more, um, you know, in the science lab. So there are multiple multiple ways in which one can choose. If somebody's really drawn to two, they can actually pick both if they'd like. But typically, a student would choose one, and that makes up the first year. Uh, and then hopefully, students are exploring a lot of different things within that first year to a year and a half, uh, because typically the moderation process, which is the process of declaring your major and is the fourth pillar, happens in the second semester of the second year. It may happen in the first okay. semester of the first year. Uh, what's unique about the moderation process, and it may be the most unique thing about BARD next to perhaps the language and thinking program, is that it's a very intentional, thoughtful process of declaring your major. You actually present a project to a group of three professors, uh, usually two that know you very well, one that may not know you as well. 
um, and you have a conversation about why you want to be that major, how you want to go about continuing as an upperclassman, what you might think your senior project uh, could be, just to kind of reaffirm for yourself that this is the right major and right. that you're not leaving something out too, because, because most of the people on that board know you very well, they can say, well, we know that you're also really interested in philosophy. Would you like to tie that in some way um, to your program and really get you thinking about that? Um, so it's also very helpful with the senior project, uh, which we mentioned before, but that's the final pillar. Every student completes a senior project um, of their own design. Uh, they can be very creative projects. They don't have to be the traditional thesis, though they could be. Um, there are a lot of creative projects, uh, performance-based projects, hands-on projects, and more traditional uh, projects, but every student at Bard will get to leave with a significant body of work in addition to their degree. That's really um, the equivalent of what one might do in graduate school. So um, I know that's a very long answer, but I think those are some of the things that I think it's. I think it's it's what our students need. I mean, it's what our families need when they're thinking about kind of CVU's philosophies of personalizing education, and if they really gravitate towards that. Now they're hearing that there's schools out there that really, truly embrace that same philosophy. And it you don't have to move from a, a school that values personalization to one that is lockstep in terms of graduation requirements. Sure. Um, and our students do are expected to do a senior project. It's morphed a little bit over the years. So for those of you listening, the senior project at Bard isn't going to be the same as your senior exit interview, but it's going to be on a similar vein. So there, there's a little less, um, little less of the unknown in that respect. Um, so when we're talking about majors and going to college, pursuing post-secondary education, there's that life beyond. How does Bard help prepare students for life beyond college and i'm talking and i'm sure you know what i'm talking about but i'm talking specifically like is there a career center on campus is there you know that kind of thing i'll let you dive into that yeah sure absolutely so we do have a very involved career development office which students can start working with the moment that they step foot on campus and can continue to use as a resource years after they graduate if they're thinking about huh. a change um, in employment or just a move elsewhere, um, you know, they're, they're more than happy to help with that. And they help uh, with really every aspect of the um, kind of the job search. They help find internships. They uh, help with mock interviews and resume writing. They even help with wardrobe choices for certain types of of, um, you know, interviews and those things, because uh, many students just don't have that experience yet. Right. No one's ever told them that, oh, maybe actually you should do it this way, right? Um, so they're a great resource for that. We also have an alumni networking program called uh, Bard Works, which uh, is all alumni. There's um, You're able to network with them, get to know what they do, but they also do similar workshops around resumes and interviews and those sorts of things. Um, they'll meet here on campus, but also at least one day um, in New York City as well. Um, also, all of the faculty and students, because of the small class sizes, because of things like moderation and senior project, get to know their faculty so well, and the faculty get to know them well, and all of the faculty are active in their field, so they can be really helpful 
and finding internships and finding you know grad the right graduate program the right jobs um, there have been actually several instances of students in that moderation board saying i really have an interest in this um and someone saying in that room i have a colleague who runs a program that i think you should you know think of over the summer or you know and, and they'll make the phone call right there um huh. so there are a, a lot of opportunities um in that way uh, as well we're also have added a study away in new york city program where students can actually take their bar classes in williamsburg brooklyn but tie that with an internship uh in the city which could be part of their major or just something that they really want to try um you know and then there's an extensive bar network of um you know just about 6,000 undergraduate students. So there's a lot of culturally immersive study abroad experiences that are really helpful uh, in kind of opening up the world and possibilities um, to the students as well. Cool. I, I, if I were a student applying to college now, like I know I would have been applying to BARD. It's, it, I, in this job, I've learned a lot about BARD over the last 30 years. Um, it's just a school that would have resonated with me more than the lockstep programming in a, at a lot of institutions. So I think it's, I'm hoping that students and families hearing you talk makes them feel the same way. Like there's a lot of opportunities um, at Bard that are unique and fun and worth exploring. Yeah, absolutely. Well, happy to happy to hear you say that. Um, and it's it's a very student driven place, yeah. As well, I mean, it's really you know a place where we don't just talk about things. We really get out there and and do things, and the students can really direct that in a lot of ways. So, yeah, thanks. If if it wasn't for for my smaller school and a professor like looking at me and pointing his finger at me in the end of my sophomore year, you could do better. I want you in this class. I, I wouldn't be standing here today. So there is there is value in the big school environments. And then there's a there's just as much value in in the smaller schools where you are known as a as a individual and teachers really do take an interest in all of the things about you and can really point you in the directions where you should be going. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think just like asking those questions of like, how do I learn best? What kind of environment am I going to thrive in? And that's different for everyone, um, for sure. Um, you know, some people do benefit from just kind of being more the observer in a large lecture hall and others benefit more from really dissecting the information and, you know, having more of that hands-on approach and, and accessibility to, to the faculty. It really, um, it really depends. Yeah, and it, that accessibility can really enrich an experience. Um, speaking of campuses, we got to get on the campus, and I hate to get to this place. I'm conscious of the fact that in 10 minutes you've got to present to some CVU students, but can you talk about your application process? And here's here through the through the two lenses, I'm I'm gonna ask you some specific questions, um, and I'll let you expand on them. Um, what are the what are some of your favorite essays that you have read from applicants and talk to us about your your i'm just, and i'm just going to ask the question because it's i'm asking it of everybody talk to us about your standardized testing process or your the way you use standardized tests in the application or don't use them 
Sure, absolutely. Well, I can, I can start there because it's a pretty simple answer. Uh, we really don't use them. We've been test optional. This is our 50th anniversary. I'll say for a very long time, you've been test optional. We, or, or we have. Test. Absolutely. Uh, one will never see a Scantron sheet or a multiple choice question uh, here at BARD. Things are much more project-based, research-based, uh, hands-on work in the field, performance-based. Uh, you know, kind of really the work that one would be doing in these particular, um, you know, in these particular yep. fields. So, um, you know, it's it's not important uh, if if we really are looking much more at the recommendations from the counselors and the teachers and the work in uh, the school, the school transcript, the rigor of that, the well-roundedness of that being that we are a liberal arts institution. So those are the most important things. You know, if, if one is really proud of their scores, they can certainly submit them. Or if say, um, you know, I think a common example might be someone might struggle in math, but then they end up with a really good math SAT score. Well, then maybe, maybe send it, right? Because that shows that, that there is that ability there that, you know, something just wasn't clicking in the classroom, right at that particular moment. So, um, but generally, they're they're really not helpful. We're not looking for them. Uh, in terms of the application process and and essays, you know, I feel like the best essays are genuinely the most well genuine essays, right? The ones where someone is really telling us something that they feel. Um, we couldn't possibly learn about them elsewhere in the application, something that's really important to them. Um, you know, I, I think it's sometimes a little obvious when someone's trying to write the essay that they think they should be writing, um, because I think it's really easy for students to, and understandably so, uh, it's a stressful process. It's a big change um, in kind of that next step towards adulthood. And, you know, uh, it's like, oh, what do they want? right um i have to have to give them what they want and really we want to know what you think is is important what you are excited about um so those tend to be the best essays of um you know whether it's about something that you're passionate about or it's a growth experience that you had kind of all these somewhat cliched things that could easily be generic perhaps, but it really does come through when they're authentic. Right. Uh, and those are, you know, the best essays, um, for sure. A specific example, um, you know, I, yeah, I, let me see, I'm blanking at the moment, unfortunately, but, you know, it, it's always, always the best ones are, are those essays that are really the most authentic. And, and I, I find that the most, when I'm helping students with their essays, one of the things that I have found in my office is the, the, the most authentic essays are the ones that just happen. When you sit down to write an essay, it generally is an essay that is, you're writing to tell somebody what you think they need to know about you. And the ones that just are really super organic and just happen in the five, 10 minutes that it happens in my office are the really the most powerful essays that are in a way about nothing but about everything at the same time. Absolutely, because that's really what we're trying to do. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, this whole process is we're kind of doing the same thing that the student is doing. We're trying to piece together who you are and to see if this is a good fit. 
And the more that we can learn uh, about the student, who they genuinely are, um, what they generally want, what they're genuinely curious about. Uh, you know, that's one thing about BARD too, is that we, we've kind of talked about how diverse the BARD student body can be and draw so many different types of people with so many different interests. But the one thing that everybody has in common, and it might sound a little corny or cliched, but it is that intellectual curiosity. It's like students are really excited about learning. They're really excited about being in an environment where, um, you know, that's kind of celebrated right um and, and it doesn't have to be hidden you know because, um for various reasons whatever it might be especially in high school um so yeah when those things come across in in the essay or in various parts of the application that's fantastic for us well i'm looking at the time and it's 10 o'clock and you've got what a, a 10.05 meeting with I some think we have a 10 10 so if there are if there is another question or so, I all right. I'll, minutes here, I'll give you one more that I I kind of I'm asking because I think it's it's if it's too personal, let me know. Uh, and it's not that personal, but I'm I'm always curious when you were applying to schools because yeah. I talk about myself to my students if they ask. I'm kind of an open book. What was your process and how many schools were on your list? That is a, a great question, and you know my process was a not I think what most students do um, necessarily you know I, I think just the general rule is you want to keep your list as narrow as you possibly can right like cast a wide net initially see what the possibilities are and then try to narrow that down to maybe five maybe no more than ten common app lets you do 20 I think that's probably too much you know <laughs> that's, that's too many it's way too many uh, for me I, you know, I was very focused on music in high school um, mm -hmm. and therefore did not always focus as well on my <laughs> academics. That's okay. why, even though I was very interested in it, I just, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't there for me yet. There was a little more maturing to do. Yep. So I kind of knew early on, and this kind of factors into me being uh, the director of transfer admission, that I was going to go to community college. I was going to do what I was supposed to do get my grades up and then apply elsewhere. Um, I grew up around Bard and I already had been kind of involved in some music classes as, as not being a student and I really liked the environment. Um, and being from New York, I applied to um, um, a state school nearby. Um, and then I also, and it wasn't my intention uh, to stay close to home, but I that's where I kind of cast the initial net and i was like let me just try with barden and i was like not sure can i afford this can it's a private institution you know but there you know there's great financial aid um you know there are there are oftentimes ways for bard to be less expensive than than the state institutions especially these days as that tuition has gone up uh so i really i cast a net of about two 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 schools a private school and a public school and, uh, you know, ended up coming to Bard. Um, you know, Bard was kind of my reach school and the state school was more of the safety school. Um, you know, I, I think I was very calm about the process. <laughs> I, I knew that I was, you know, going to go to college. I was gonna get my master's. I, I was kind of set on, you know, perhaps teaching or at least, you know, having that degree and, um, but I was kind of took it a little slow. 
um, which I think is the opposite of of how it goes most of the time. <laughs> it is very much the opposite. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, I, I think if there's a lesson to be learned from that is that things actually, even though the culture has changed a lot, the reality of it is that that's still very possible. It's yep. okay if students don't really know what they want to do yet. It's okay to take things a little bit slower. You know, it's not going anywhere. Figure it out you know, see how you learn best, what kind of environment you like, um, see, find out what it is that you really want to do, um, you know, and, you know, that process will, will happen. Um, you know, the, the students will make that happen. So, yeah, I hope that's helpful, but I know it's a little, uh, it's not the typical story. Uh, oh, I, 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 sure. I really value that that kind of story because it just illustrates you can get to where you're supposed to be but you don't have to do it yesterday you can take your time and really figure figure some things out and then move towards that towards that path in earnest um you don't have to do it at lightning speed so i appreciate i appreciate the taking a step back and recognizing maybe I need to present myself in a in a clearer light academically kind of message. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time, Josh. I, I'm, I'm grateful that we had half an hour to chat and talk BARD and try and connect CVU students to, to what you all have to offer. I think it's a great institution and I'm, I'm hoping that uh, students hear that as well. Yeah, thank you so much. This was a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. All right, we will uh, we'll see you in five minutes next door. Great, that sounds perfect. <laughs> All right, take care. Take care. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.